0: What's good with it? Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am Sean Davis at SD Two Mics. It's a little earlier than you guys see us. That's why I got a little extra bass in my voice. The original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zayir, and Overtime Malik. We are featuring Anora Whiskey, a premium American whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. Special going on for the holidays right now. As a matter of fact, we're making a push. Right now, we're just hitting the 900 mark in subscriptions. We thank you so much, LL Nation, hashtag LL Nation, and for our 1,000 subscriber, our 1,000 subscriber, we have a nice LL package for our 1,000 subscriber. We'll be talking more about that on tomorrow, telling you exactly what's in that package. A lot of Notre Dame news to get to. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame schedule for 2022. Uh, Hopefully tomorrow's show, we can tell you right now, on tomorrow's show we're going to have former Notre Dame wide receiver Chris Fink, who's going to help us break down the difference between the Notre Dame wide receivers and the Oklahoma State wide receivers for the Fiesta Bowl. Tomorrow, right here at 8 o'clock, Chris Fink is going to help us break down the battle between the Oklahoma State and Notre Dame receivers. So be right here tomorrow, 8 o'clock, Lucky Lefty o'clock. Podcast. So, bro, can I go through some of the news for Notre Dame?
1: Let's go through it.
0: Yo, Notre Dame 2022 commit, Josh Burnham was named the Michigan Gatorade Player of the Year. And 2023 commit, Drake Bowen got the same honor in the state of Indiana. Notre Dame checked in on 2023 defensive back Justin Rhett yesterday as Marcus Freeman and the staff went in home to see the young man. He's a four-star out of Pennsylvania and he will be the highest rated defensive back Notre Dame has gotten since 2007. Gary Gray. Really? Gary Gray was a dude I remember. I think Gary Gray is also from Pennsylvania if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, safety adjuvant, Litchfield announced on yesterday that he's entering the transfer portal. He'll be leaving Notre Dame. On his Twitter, he pinned a letter to Notre Dame and the fans saying thank you. He's uh, scheduled to graduate in in the spring, and he's looking forward to going on and continuing his football career. So, that's what's up. Notre Dame also checked. Yeah, on 2022 DBs Benjamin Morrison. In home with him, Jaden Mickey, Devin Moore, who decommitted, he'll be going to Florida this weekend, but he had an in-home visit for Marcus Freeman and Mike Elston uh, and Mike Mickens on yesterday, and it seems like they've gotten things back in control, kind of, but he still wants to go on his visit to Florida this weekend. They also checked in on Jaden Bellamy. We talked about it. The staff went to go see defensive tackle Anthony Lucas from Chaparral out in Arizona. And then Marcus Freeman had an in, in-home visit with the young man. It went very well. Notre Dame was just looking to get him back on campus for his second official visit because of the new, per the NCAA rule that allows new coaches to have offers and commits come back for a second visit. They're trying to get Anthony Lucas back on campus, and they think right now it's an uphill battle. It's a battle to get, you know, Texas A&M and Alabama, but Mike Elston has been working on. And I just said before, Mike Elston was working on big-time guys like this by himself usually. He didn't have the help that he needed from the head coach, but now with Marcus Freeman being more aggressive, it looks like Mike Elston wants to go after even more.
1: Big time guys. Yeah, and that's just an opportunity to to show you where the recruiting is changing. Like we're getting the top rated D, we're getting guys staying in commitment, we're getting guys reconsidering their decision, and that's that's what you want to see on on the effect of what the Marcus Freeman has on a program and on a recruiting trail where guys are convinced. You know that that in home visit hits a little harder with a Marcus Freeman than a Brian Kelly to Players and parents. So I think this is just uh, the trend that we'll see more as the years go on, and and the result of that will be the higher-rated recruits. I mean, getting the solidifying a guy like Drake Bowden, who's a five-star guy, a guy that can be a centerpiece to a program. For him to still stay committed in a in an age where all the five stars are shuffling around if they don't like the slightest thing. So it is good to see Coach Freeman on the road. Solidifying some of these 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 picks, and you know it's it's, it's even better to see that heading into a 15 week practice when you're coming off the road from
0: recruiting, knowing you did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. And then they go from Anthony Lucas, and they checked in on California's modern day C.J. Williams. They wanted to make sure that his commitment was, you know, they thought with the move of uh, Brian Kelly going to LSU. Of course, Lincoln Riley going to USC, who was the normal leader for most of his recruitment. They checked in on him and things went very well. And it seems like he's recommitted to Notre Dame and firm in his pledge. So that's good things to know that he'll be more than likely coming up next week, signing with Notre Dame early next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really think that we need to go after hard on CJ Williams. I think that's a another centerpiece to an offense where the receiver room can light up a little bit. You get more excited about seeing the big names in there and it just would make it a better challenge for Tommy yeah. to really have some all-star receivers that we have to get the ball to. I think in an offense like this, we have to get the ball to Kyron, but when you pull in a boots like CJ, you have to get the ball outside. And I think that's a change of pace. That'll be good to see for the offense.
0: And they also – checked in no in-home visit but they checked in made a call to defensive line Hero he wrote canoe out of california uh he also got a surprise january 8th he received his jersey to participate in the all-american Bowl, and he's going to participate in that and that's when he's going to make his decision between the likes of alabama notre dame georgia and a couple of the california schools spoke growingly about the hiring of marcus freeman what do you think about Hero Canoe from your
1: neck of the woods? Man, I think Hero is a great talent. And, you know, anytime you get an All-American jersey in the mail, it just shows that your hard work is paid off. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, I, I never really understood the hat thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, is the hat, like, I? you know, maybe that's just a part of the show. But uh, I know our hat looks the best up there, and I think that the key to a decision like that is the guys that are there that are also committed to Notre Dame at the All-American game, it, it leans heavy on them to kind of work his ears as he's getting towards that decision, only because uh, those last decisions are hard. I mean, you can get swayed in many different directions, and that would be a benefit for us if we can have guys that also made it to the All-American game kind of talk to him before he makes that decision. But I think with an addition like that, yeah. And name my hero. I mean, you talking about changing the program overnight or at least taking the first right steps.
0: Kerry Cooks, former Oklahoma and Notre Dame coach, is headed to LSU to join Brian Kelly's staff as the defensive coordinator. News broke late last night, so shout out to Coach Kerry Cooks. Congratulations to him getting that type of opportunity in a big conference on a big stage.
1: Yeah, I think it's the reason why Elston had went down to LSU to just see if Coach Kelly was going to pull the trigger and give him the defensive coordinator job. I think when he didn't get that okay from from, uh, Kelly, he ended up coming back, but it seems that he had his eyes set on Coach Cooks, who's also been a part of Coach Kelly's coaching career for a while, brought him back from Oklahoma, so there's, there's, there's really a strong connection there, and Coach Cook's man, a a DB coach being a defensive coordinator, you know one thing that DBU will be coming back in some aspect, that's for sure, and and it's it's crazy because I didn't even know Coach Cook was up for a a defensive coordinator position, but, you know, it's always good to see the black man get a chance, and uh, he's going down to LSU territory where, you know, that passing game, when DBs are elite, so it's a good fit to start, but. It'll be interesting to see how they build that defense out.
0: Oh, absolutely. And most high school football across the nation is already done, but the state of California is still tying a nice little bow on its high school football. Uh, We saw Folsom finally got over the hump after years of losing to De La (laughs) Salle and finally were able to beat uh, the power that is De La Salle in California football. What did you think about that game?
1: Well, De La Salle has been good since since forever. I you know, right? And and similar to like a poly in our area that is just historically great, anytime you get those upsets, it's just uh, – it's refreshing because it's like finally, you know, you finally put the game plan together, and it wasn't an easy victory either. So it just shows that a team like De La Salle, you've got to go to the end's length to beat – and when you do, it really accomplishes everything you set forth in the season. Because an end on a game like that, you know, nobody expects you to come out of victorious. And you know, we changing the tides, man. So it's good to see that that victory happen,
0: man. When, you, when you're a team in a program like De La anytime you lose, man, you're in shock.
1: Yeah, shock. No matter good. no matter how good the other team is, no yeah. matter what they got, is always a shock.
0: Yeah, and another upset out there. Cardina, speaking of Cal Poly, they upset Long Beach Poly and Snoop Dogg and the rest of the guys are probably upset, but Long Beach Poly goes down.
1: Yeah, I mean, we played, we got a chance to play Poly during the season. Our quarterback got hurt in the first quarter, so it's like it was kind of over after that. But, you know, they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of football. They're really physical and aggressive, they got a really good corner. Now, I don't know if he has no name attention, but he's got a lot of different attention from D1s. But, you know, uh, that's a good game. They played three times this year, uh, once in the spring, once in the season, and once in the finals. So anytime you get a chance to beat a team uh, on the third time in one season, yeah. that's harder than any other game you can play because they really, really know you. You know, it's one thing to play on once, but if you play them three times for the for everything, you're talking about a tough game to win. So, uh, Polly will be strong again next year, and I, and I definitely will uh, change that outcome of the game when we play him next time.
0: This is the early bell right here on the Lucky Lucky Podcast. Shahan Davis, Malik Zaire at SD2 Mike at Overtime. Malik, just giving you some early news before we begin to talk about the 2022 Notre Dame football schedule. Now, the crazy news that came out yesterday, I don't know if you saw this. Notre Dame is going to be facing a defensive coordinator two times over the next two games. We talked about it and teased it a little bit on the last slant we had, but Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State is now the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Now, from a scheme standpoint, this is, which, which game do you think is going to be more difficult? Not because of the team, but because of the scheme. And the reason why, at Oklahoma State and his players have been in that system for a long time. They're veteran-laden defense, very solid, play together. Jim Knowles, more than likely, is going to have a lot more talent when he goes to Ohio State to work with. But, Game one, will they be as good in the system as what Notre Dame is going to face in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State?
1: Well, I think this team, like you said, has been in the system so they know more of the ins and outs than they would next year. However, Ohio State will probably have a more talented team. Mm -hmm. I do think it depended on, which is a good thing, I'm glad that, we're not seeing a full Tyler Buckner in this first game against Oklahoma state. Yeah. So I do think Jim know would have a a different game plan if it was just Tyler Buckner. So it's good to see. Fortunately, unfortunately we have a guy like Jack Cohn who's here for the last year. So Jim knows approach to this game against this, against our offense is a different offense that he'll see next year. Yeah. So I do think that uh, that's the benefit of playing this year at the end of the season compared to a new school next year. I think he almost has to restart, in a sense, on how he would rebuild uh, the defense against a Tyler Buckner than a Jack Cone. But I do think this year's defense will be more uh, technically sound and harder to beat than next year, just because of a new year with a new defense head coach, a lot of calls, a lot of things have to be done. Even though I trust a Ryan Day-led Ohio State football team. Yeah. Will they be as technically sound as this Oklahoma State defense now? Probably not, but will they be as competitive? Most likely, because they got a, a lot of talented players. I do think the uh, the quarterback situation from a philosophy standpoint, thinking that we have two different type of guys, will make a, a tougher challenge for Jim Knowles to be able to prepare for next year. But I do think if we see some Tyler, he'll keep some notes in the back of his mind on things that he likes and doesn't like. So. The other good thing is that Tyler doesn't have a complete, complete year of film where you can see exactly the things that he's really good at and not really good at. So it's a it's a project for both sides. I think for Tyler, he needs to really this week take in a lot of what Jim Beam is as a defensive coordinator, not just Oklahoma State, just what, he, what his philosophies are, what he likes to call in the late. So this is kind of a, a prep for next year for Tyler Buckner if he wants to take that challenge. And uh, it's a good back-to-back game. You know, Jim knows a great defense coordinator. He schemed up Big 12 defenses to be solid enough to get a good job at Ohio State next year. So uh, it'll be a good game.
0: Man, absolutely. And on top of that, I really think the next 15 practices will be a huge opportunity for Tyler Buckner to get better. Yeah, and it's the springboard board into 2022.
1: It's a comfortable feeling when you get these last 15 because you know there's a good focus for ending the season the right way. And so for Tyler, I think it'll be more relaxing that he's got Coach Kelly off his back and he gets to spend more time with Tommy, who apparently has a great relationship with. And it'll give him an opportunity to really settle in. Like, I can be the starting quarterback full-time next year. So let me lock in and, and – and, Learn from Jack. I mean, Jack's been around the game five years now, and so he's probably uh, amassed a lot of info that can help with Tyler sharing. Because at this point, it's not even about competing. You know, you just want to finish the season strong and win and, and get out with a victory.
0: Also, Xavier Wamka came down to Ohio State, Iowa, and Notre Dame. The safety from Iowa, five star, chose to stay home, and he said he just wants to see what it feels like to rep where he came from. So he'll go to Iowa in Iowa City. It was funny because I watched the announcement. I felt some type of way, you know, because you talk about the hats, right? You know, they have the hats placed in front of them. And a lot of these kids go with the pump fake. You know what I'm saying? It's a little playhouse now. A lot of kids go with the pump fake. You know, I was kind of offended because when he did the pump fake, he went to Ohio State. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. you're gonna pump fake, <laughs> at least touch the Notre Dame hat, bro. That's right. At you know, least
1: him. give us the hope.
0: Exactly. At least pick us up. He didn't even touch the Notre Dame hat. <laughs> it was like he went for the Ohio State hat and then came to the Iowa hat. I was like, yo.
1: Yeah, we're not you a decoration you hat.
0: You're not Man, a decoration. At least make us a part of the fake.
1: That's right. That's right. And you know the thing is too is that. We, I'm not losing no sleep over losing a, a kid from Iowa, you know, so you know, <laughs> kids from Iowa, you know, that's probably a dream for them to play in Iowa. The dreams don't reach that far outside of what Notre Dame can give you. But, you know, you can't knock a kid from wanting to stay home. However, yeah. you know, there was a there's a land that's greener if you step outside those Iowa walls.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also former Notre Dame author. And Ohio State commit safety, Sonny Styles has reclassified from the 2023 to the 2022 class, and he will be setting foot in Columbus as soon as the spring semester begins. So that's pretty much the news in and around Notre Dame. That was a lot of news. We just wanted to get through it, bro. Let's get to the 2022 schedule, and we're going to set the win total. Uh, Oh, it's
1: at the win total? Okay.
0: at the early (laughs) win total at nine. At nine. Okay? I'm
1: liking nine. I think eight, but I'm liking nine. Okay, let's add at nine.
0: Of course, we know we start out January 3rd at the Horseshoe. Notre Dame invades Ohio State. We just talked about the defense that they will possibly be seeing a team that might not be used to the system, kind of like what we saw with Notre Dame versus Florida State. If they play Florida State again, Florida State might not score 15 points, but they were able to take care, take advantage of the Irish not really being comfortable with Marcus Freeman's system early in the first game. That could be the case in Horseshoe on uh, September the 3rd.
1: I think if we can pull this victory off, I'll give us 10 wins on the season. That's a win game
0: for you? Okay. I
1: think if we win Ohio State – We'll win 10 games that season because it's hard to have a more talented team than Ohio State
2: yeah.
1: on the schedule. I don't think there's a more talented team on the schedule. This year. I mean, Clemson. I mean, yeah, we're playing Clemson and Ohio State in the same right. way. So yeah. if, we can get, if we can get Ohio State, we can definitely get Clemson. I think their quarterback situation is worse than Ohio State's only because –
0: You said the cornerback or quarterback? Quarter,
1: quarterback, quarterback. I think Ohio State's quarterback is better than Clemson's quarterback. Oh,
0: okay, I misunderstood
1: what you said. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I definitely think defensively it'll be tougher Ohio State week than Clemson week. I think Clemson's a great team yeah. constructed. Yeah. So it it'll be it'll you know, I think our quarterback situation is better than Clemson's. But if we can get that Ohio State dub early and often, because it's in the beginning of the season and it, a lot of emotions and in that first game and yeah. a lot of storylines and narratives, if we can get through that, that'll show a lot of mental toughness that we can get through the rest of the season. And I and that's that'll set us on a good trend. If we lose, I do think that's an eight win season for us Ooh. because I think that if we're not good enough early on to beat Ohio State, the schedule doesn't get weaker. It just stays consistent. And so there will be some games where week seven or eight, it'll get tough for us, and we'll have a Cincinnati-type performance maybe. But that Ohio State game, first game of the season, could set a great precedent moving forward.
0: I'm going to argue that the toughest game on the schedule will be the Clemson game, and I'll tell you why when we get to it. Okay. Right.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Now, okay. the 10th. It is the fighting C- Cain Maddens. As- <laughs> <laughs> the fighting Cain Maddens comes south, Ben. That's right. That's right. As, <laughs> as- <laughs> Washington faces off against Notre Dame. Look, that's that first game under Marcus Freeman when I need to see attitude. I yeah, need see I need to it. see it.
1: I need to see something serious.
0: Yeah. That's that's the
1: game that... that- it defines the difference between coach kelly and coach freeman a marshall game with coach kelly uh-huh. it'll go down to the wire It'll make marshall like, <laughs> yeah a little damn near make marshall look like they should be ranked with a coach freeman offense and a team and a defensive led team yeah this is one of the games where we treat them like how they are you know we treat them like a biggies you know that type of conference. Uh, it's that type. It's that type of time for us to put up fifty points on the board. Yeah, they score ten. You know, we we celebrating the freshman getting in at halftime. You know that kind of thing. That's the type of energy we need. We need that Alabama intimidation. You know, the Alabama yeah. charity games where they have to pay these little schools all this money to get blown out. That's what this needs to happen
0: for us. So then Cal comes all the way from the West Coast early in the season to face off against Notre Dame and South Bend. Pac-12, I, look, need to dominate them as well.
1: Yeah. Ohio State, Ohio State usually goes out there and do does them dirty, put 50 on them or something crazy. So yeah. I think they'll be smaller than us. So this will be a physical game for us to go out there. And, and, and I mean, this should be back-to-back weeks. We should be rolling <laughs> over guys. Those, especially after that ohio state game so whatever happens at ohio state game them next two games should be dominating factors for
0: us yo tyler Buckner should be a heisman candidate after those two games
1: shoot if we beat ohio state led by tyler buckner and then he crushes those two teams out he'll of course be on that that's a great setup for a heisman run
0: and then the 24th we go to chapel hill Mike brown and his tar heels mack brown actually the last three years the recruiting class the recruiting classes have been really good and he's played a lot of those youngsters so they've taken their lumps and next year might be the year that as a team collectively they're better but they'll have a new quarterback as sam howe will more than likely be in the nfl
1: yeah, the thing about that I like about this matchup is it'll be a tougher challenge than than last year because Coach Mac Brown's a very good coach. So in terms of having them coaches tricks up your sleeve, he'll have some situational stuff for Marcus Freeman that I think Mac Brown might have a slight edge in. From a, a do I punt it on fourth down or do I give him a trick play or do I try to catch him off guard? So I think that game will be tougher than last year. Like you said, they have a great recruiting class coming in. I think they have enough pieces to, you know, they score 59 points against Wake Forest, a top top team the week after.
0: Yeah, Wake Forest out of the playoff.
1: Yeah, and I think that's more of their style of offense. Sam Howe obviously is a huge factor. Him leaving will affect them in some way, but I think the coaching uh, performance in that game will stand out more so than
0: the play on the field. Yeah, well, that and Kenny Pickett going crazy on them in the ACC championship game.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: Kenny Kenny. Kenny Pickett kind of became the number one quarterback taken in that ACC championship game. I mean, the fake slide, the fake slide, fifty nine yard touchdown. He got,
1: he got enough, he got enough athleticism and swag to him to get even that top five quarterbacks.
0: Man, once again, we are with you each and every day, Monday through Friday. Now the Lucky Lefty Podcast, at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Let's do the math. That's 6 a.m. out there on the West Coast, bro?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: (laughs) That shows you we committed. My bro was up at 6 a.m. We
1: committed to getting a thousand subscribers
0: now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's swing over to the month of October where there's a bye and then Stanford. October the 15th, comes in. Let me tell you why this Stanford game is very interesting to me. Stanford had a lot of injuries along the offensive line. Stanford went into USC early, banged USC. Then they went up to Oregon and banged Oregon early when they were healthy. Early. So don't get it twisted. Like the healthy Stanford team that more than likely will be coming into South Bend, Offensive line is going to be really good. Their defense probably is going to struggle a little bit as they replenish. They lost a lot of leadership along the front line. And their defensive backfield was depleted by injuries as well. So what I'm telling you is don't expect Notre Dame to just dominate Stanford the way they did at the end of the season because that was a totally different Stanford team that walked into Oregon and walked into USC USC early in the season and just smack them up, and you could tell David Shaw was extremely disappointed and upset by the narrative that Notre Dame pushed him around, because he felt like, yo, it was nothing that Notre Dame did to us, we just didn't play up to our capabilities, which I was shocked by, like, really?
1: Yeah, well, David Shaw never had no respect for us when it came to playing us every year, so I'm not surprised by his comments. However, I do think I agree with you. There'll be a lot healthier, and as just a rivalry, a Notre Dame versus Stanford rivalry for a head coach, those games are not easy to win either because it's just a level that of of play that's increased in that type of situation and game. Yeah, you get a team that's hungry. That especially if they're talking as if we got by by the skin of our teeth, I think it's important for us to keep that at the back of our minds because we know what what type of intensity they're bringing. It's never an easy game when you got to go against a really good offensive line with a run game because you got to execute and be so perfect on offense. But I do think with it being a defensive-led team, we'll, neutral, we'll neutralize their offense in a yeah. way that'll be good enough to see if our offense can score points. So yeah. a lot similar to uh, how we've been this season. You know, our defense has set us up with position to, to dominate by not allowing the other team, like you think about USC, a team that's scoring 30 plus points a game being held to what was it? 16 or something like that, or
2: yeah,
1: something outside of the average, which if we can lead our games with defense like that, holding other offenses to a below average of what they usually score, it just sets up Tyler Buckner to make a bigger splash this season on offense, to put some points on the board and just change the narrative a little bit. I think this is a good, schedule it because if you think about the schedule right now we have the schedule that undeniably will put us in the playoffs with no hesitation (laughs) if we can if we can just win like we usually have been doing so this is a lot better than last this year's current year schedule because you don't have to search far to find teams over 500 on this schedule uh next year than we do this year so there's no doubt in my mind we'll be a number one number two if we can go undefeated or whatever, but it's also, um, it's also a schedule where I don't care that we don't have a, a championship game at the end of the year because every week looks like a championship contender whether it be the best team in that conference or a team that's uh, buying for a championship in that conference. So USC will be better next year. They'll probably be buying for that championship in their conference. Uh, I'm expecting Ohio State obviously to be who they are. They're going to be especially missing it like this year. They're definitely looking to be in that Big Ten championship next year. Clemson is looking to come back and be in the ACC championship. I mean, we're dealing with championship teams in their conferences. So I 100% believe we'll be in position uh, next year if we do the right things to not be a transitory team but to be a championship team. And by that time, we should be ready for Alabama.
0: For sure. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I skipped over. The BYU game because have the Lions, North Carolina, BYU. then you have BYU before Stanford, so that's another ranked game that
1: they'll have. And BYU's showing consistency with great players. I mean, you got Zach Wilson coming out there, Kyle Van Noy, so you're gonna yeah. get some, you're gonna get some uh, heavy hitters in that BYU game. It's always a tough game because that team is always mature. You know, I know that doesn't mean much, but you know they're mentally a little tougher, physically a little bigger you know they, they they want they have a no quit attitude like the uh academy schools yeah facts. <laughs> so beating them in the submissions is a little different we might just have to just be more high flying and and more flashy in that game
0: and then the running reds come into man I, I feel like this is a basketball matchup the running reds come in and That's then right. we had Syracuse on the road Dino Babers, I don't know how he's still the head coach of Syracuse, but he survives another offseason. And then Clemson comes back to South Bend. The last time they came to South Bend, they left with that L. So we'll be looking to send them back to Clemson, South Carolina, with another L. This is why I think Clemson is the swing game of the year. At that point, Notre Dame will be undefeated or have one loss, depending upon the first game of the season. Oh,
1: okay. You got us winning some some tough games. That first half ain't yeah. easy.
0: If they win Ohio State game, they'll if, win. I'm they're breaking everybody.
1: Yes. They're breaking everybody. Because yes. Ohio if State is top five team. If they year. lose
0: the Ohio State game. I see games against Stanford and BYU being like second half games when Notre Dame pulls away at the end. Let me tell you why Clemson's going to be tough because it's going to be tricky, and this will be a true test of who Dabo Sweeney is as a head coach, right? You expect DJ to be a better quarterback after I the know. struggles.
1: I think I think DJ not going to start next year. This is gonna
0: see, now they do lose Lassen Junior into the transfer portal, but even though Brent Venables went to Oklahoma, and more than Mm. likely he's going to lose both of his coordinators.
1: Of his coordinators, yeah.
0: the head coaching jobs. So they'll have new coordinators, but that defense, they recruit. Talent won't be the problem defensively. I don't know
1: Brent Venables had a lot of pool in that recruiting defensively.
0: Now, keep the continuity. Coaching staff has been together for a long time. So the people that will under Brent Venables, are they they're talented enough to keep the party going? Like, are they talented enough? Because they have the talent on defense. They dude, They have like four, four NFL picks on that defense preseason going into next year. So they're going to have the talent. And They'll by the time they get to Notre Dame, all the Kinks will be worked out by the time November comes. And
1: yeah, we'll be hitting our Kay stride Kudnick, by that time.
0: Kate Klubenick will be the quarterback.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. That's another
0: Kate will be the quarterback when it comes to the <laughs> they come to the We don't even have to worry about DJ. We don't have to worry about DJ. Yeah. Might be able to get a dub because DJ will be on the field. Yeah, I mean,
1: if DJ's playing, we get a dub. If this other kid's playing, we'll see.
0: We'll the time week three hits, it's the Cage show. It's
1: People. the Cage
0: show. It's Man, Cade show. Let, me, let me tell you something. DJ has been hesitant to run the ball. Cade does not care. That game would be interesting to see. That'll be an interesting bet. Who has more rushing yards, Tyler or Cade Klugele? Shoot,
1: I just, I just hope Tyler smooths his game out with that running stuff. Y'all don't want to see him getting no hamstring injuries. You know, that's, that's still the most ridiculous injury of the college football season. It's the backup quarterback.
2: Backup quarterback. Back hamstring. Hamstring,
1: right? What are you running so hard for? You the backup. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then, of course, Navy comes in after the Clemson game. Boston College. And then. That's another
1: trap game, though. Think of how emotional that Clemson game, win or loss is. And then you come back with an academy school that's going to be better. Uh,
0: I would say so, but the familiarity that Marcus Freeman has with Navy. Yeah. From playing them every year. Yeah. It wasn't like previous coordinators that hadn't played Navy. You know, you
1: he know. did a great job this last year.
0: Yeah. So oh, absolutely. Of, of nothing to think about. And this I year think again. Navy's passing game might be a little bit better. <laughs> it would have to be better. I mean, dude, <laughs> passing Virginia
1: game they miss really a wide better. open hitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking dude, a wide open, like.
0: I'm sure this. your starting quarterback for your high school squad could have thrown for more passing <laughs> yards. I mean, they.
1: They had a bad year last year. I don't know if they was trying to do something different, but it did not look good.
0: It didn't look good at all. And then Boston College with Phil Jakovic, man.
1: You think he's? Le- I thought he was leaving this year.
0: Oh, I- he, he said he's coming back. back. He's already said he's coming back oh
1: shit. i think it's because he got hurt early on you see your
0: response like that there? you see your response that you thought about it like oh
1: <laughs> nah, yeah boston college is gonna be good they're not bad now they're definitely an eight win type of team
0: yeah
1: like especially with a quarterback that's getting better and he's loving it there you know it's different than a. you know i think he's coming back because he really enjoys being at boston college like that's yeah. a really good place for him He feels like so
0: it's kind of like
1: it gives us some Matt Ryan vibes, some Matt the Ryan at Boston College vibes.
0: Here's the cushion game on the twenty sixth of November, and I will be there in the flesh. The first matchup between Marcus Freeman and Lincoln Riley. And this is why oh I say the cushion game. This is oh why I say it's the cushion game.
1: Cushion game. It's
0: the cushion game.
1: They ain't going to have no defense. <laughs> they
0: ain't going to have no defense, but I do believe I do believe by that time, USC will be a top 15 team.
1: Yeah, you know they're going to be ranked under Lincoln.
0: Especially with Mario Cristobal leaving and going to Miami. I think USC yeah. will be a top 15 team by that time, which bodes very well for strength of schedule at Notre Dame. Very well. Like, if you have one loss and you don't have a championship game,
1: but you got a ranked team at the end.
0: That's the type of team you want to play at the end on Ooh. the road.
1: And on the road, it, yeah. is, at, it is at USC. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So that's, for me, that's the cushion game. That's like, okay, if you slip up early,
1: you can we can rebound with that one. We can definitely use that USC
0: it. game on the road to bolster your strength of schedule and your argument to get into the college football playoff. So, but shit,
1: that's a, in a worst case scenario, you got to. Lincoln Riley team that you'll know be ranked. Or Ohio State team that you'll know be top five at the end of the season.
0: Clemson, uh, a that Clemson will team be that is going
1: to get back in the rankings.
0: Now, who do you think needs to be that sneaky team that helps out your schedule?
1: It's either BYU. Okay. Or. I don't think it's too many sneaky teams. If we win these big-ass games that we got this year. I
0: think BC can be sneaky next year.
1: BC, but you were playing them at the end of the year, right? Yeah, but I think They usually BC, become less
0: relevant as the year gets BC at that and point, I think BC challenges for ACC championship game, Burke.
1: I'd much rather play them, though, in the beginning of the year. I think they'll be hot in the beginning of the year. You know, replace them with a Marshall now we now we talk no, no
0: no man that was the trade-off you know once we got kane madden in the transfer portal we had to give marshall a game that was the trade-off You know, that's that last <laughs> deal brian kelly made before he got up out of here
1: oh that was the worst move i've seen him make i don't know he did it on the whim it had to be the first name on top of the, the alphabetical order list yeah and Kane was came before anything else so maybe that's Man, I cannot believe that Notre Dame, we we did a transfer like
0: that. That's crazy. Yo, Anthony Solomon says, I believe BYU and BC will help the strength of schedule. That's true. And like I said,
1: the strength of schedule is not a question this year. We probably have a top 10 strength of schedule this year going into 2022. So in terms of it being strong enough to, it'll be strong enough by the half of the year. Yeah. To give us the credit of getting there. Now, worst case scenario, we don't win those We lose two of those three big games like between Ohio State, Clemson, USC. We'll still be ranked by the end of the year because of the strength of schedule. So even if we do lose, those uh, eight and three record will be a top 25 uh, team still because of the strength that we have to deal with.
0: And I'll say this, because I talked about it. They won't have Sam Howe, but the rest of their team, and solid pretty good. Yeah. So North Carolina, you might catch them early, but North Carolina is the type of team—the same way they did this year—they catch fire yeah, in the, the season and get hot. And that win early on might not be as impressive, but by the time you get to the end of the year, that might be a nine-win team that you beat. They
1: might slip around, beat a Clemson or something. You know. I don't
0: so. know about. I don't know about all that.
1: Vanderbilt <laughs> Brent- is a huge, huge piece to what Clemson had going all them years as his dynasty. And with him leaving, just the effect of Brent Venables, Dabo can't recreate a Brent Venables. He can hire somebody else, but he can't He doesn't
0: have it. to recreate. All he has to do is keep the same continuity. That's it.
1: That's hard to do. So Brent Venables, Brent Venables. Staff, staff has
0: been on the Brent Venables so long. <laughs> Look, man, it's cert- certain teams, I'll never forget what Bush Davis left, right?
1: Miami
0: and uh Larry Coker came in, and like literally the defensive players told him, Dude, you don't have to, you don't <laughs> have to do nothing to That's
1: a different time though. You know what I'm
0: saying? And, Just don't mess it up. That's what they was doing. You coach up. the offense, <laughs> coach the offense. We you got over here. We're good. We're good. And I'm not well, saying they,
1: well, they can't say that like Miami because. I don't know. I just think Brent Venables played a huge part in the continuity. Not even just the recruitment of the players, but the continuity. Those players love playing for Brent Venables. So we'll see. But I do think this is the hardest schedule. That's this is a harder schedule than any schedule that Coach Kelly's had. I'd say that.
0: I don't know. This is a no. way
1: harder schedule than some Coach Kelly's faced I, I, in the I, last I, six years.
0: I'll tell you why I disagree. Because there were certain years where Stanford and USC were guaranteed beast. Man, both of those games were beast. Guaranteed.
1: This game, these games next year will be beast. Lincoln Riley's gonna have USC beastie. and David Shaw knowing you know, that. Not, come on,
0: I'm still I'm not respecting Stanford like that. I said <laughs> it would be a better game. I didn't say they were about to be a ten win team. Andrew Luck is not quarterbacking anymore.
1: But we know we know a couple of things. We know yeah, Clinton has a potential.
0: Deals, yeah.
1: We got we got. Cle- well, first of all, we can establish that ninety percent of the schedule this year coming up will be over five hundred. Can we agree on that? Most of the teams on this schedule oh, will be oh, over okay. five hundred. The, the, fight the, fight, the fighting.
0: Three of the Rangers teams can win
1: ten games. Three of the teams on the 2022 schedules can win 10 games. They got 10-game win capability. Ohio State, Clemson, and, you know, USC in the Pac-12 without Mario Cristobal can win 10 games. That's that's more than...
0: And I'll give you BYU as well can win 10
1: games. BYU can win 10 games. You know, so we got teams on the schedule that can win 10
0: games. That's, that's a lot of games. I understand. That's the same BYU team that gave up 50 to Virginia. <laughs> That defense, look, man. I don't see a we lot. I don't see a lot of stout defenses on this schedule. I'm gonna be honest.
1: Not a lot of stout defenses, but a lot. I don't of, see I a lot know. of
0: stout defenses on this schedule.
1: A lot of witty Except programs. Of Clemson,
0: Clemson, North Carolina. That defense was young.
1: He was young.
0: So they might be a lot better. I don't see a lot of stout defenses on this schedule. I don't. I see a lot of offensive teams that won't score as many points. <laughs> I, the I see that. I see
1: that. He's got a lot of offense. Ain't gonna score. Like, I think the first game will be a challenge defensively. Do we have a? Do we? Do we have a receivers? I mean, the DBs that keep up with those receivers with CJ Stroud.
0: Dude, they're losing away. They're losing three receivers.
1: But they, oh, they got some receivers in the tank though.
0: Oh, for sure. Oh,
1: for sure. yeah.
0: It, I, they discarded one. And he's number one on Mel Cocker's board, like the dude they got rid of went to Alabama and became a Hall of America.
1: They got guys in that room, that's They're crazy.
0: Sure, like, dude, Chris
1: Olave was probably if we had to say draftable players out of that room, he's probably like the third or fourth receiver in that room that's draftable.
0: Yo, because
1: the talent
0: who's that your they had out of that room, say what? Who's your favorite
1: out of the Out of the three, probably. See,
0: I always I'm like you, I I, I always get ready to say somebody and then I stop myself because the other one pops. It just
1: depends on what you want,
0: it really depends on what you want. I know, I know what I want, I I already know what I want, but see, I'll go ahead. I always automatically get ready to say Garrett Wilson. That's
1: what I was about to say,
0: and then I start. Garrett has
1: the most talent, he has the most speed. He's the biggest.
0: And he's the best route run.
1: And he's the best route run.
0: Crazy catches. But then I think about Injibba Smith.
1: But he's going to be, he's the go-to guy for them,
0: though. Yo, that's that third third down. I need a first down.
1: Yeah, that's him. That's why I was like, they got guys in the tank.
0: Yeah, but he's leaving too. Is he? I thought he was a freshman. Oh, he's a red-shirt sophomore. So that's his third year. Ah, yeah, that is his third year. So if the league tells him, like, yo.
1: All three of y'all can go.
0: Yeah, because he Mm -hmm. once Garrett got hurt, he went crazy. He did go
1: crazy. I mean, he went crazy in in the last half of the season, especially.
0: Yo, him and I don't know what Chris Alave was. And it was unfair, dude, because of the conditions. If they had played, and this is funny, because most people might laugh at me. If they played Michigan, Say, like in October,
1: if they play Michigan without the snow, without the snow and the
0: wind, dude, because the catches, they would have been
1: Michigan State. It would have been Michigan. You can't tell me Ohio State, with what they did to Michigan State in perfect conditions, wouldn't have done that to Michigan after watching how Michigan and Michigan State played each other. I'm like, Ohio State would have roasted them DBs for real.
0: That's why I feel like Notre Dame would beat Michigan head up. What? Like,
1: Michigan had the fortunate of uh, mother Nature on their side at the perfect time to play an Ohio State team that is fell in love with all those points they scored because they threw the ball so you get them into a, a complete opposite weather conditions where they can't do what they love to do yeah you, you couldn't have you couldn't have forced a, a better hand for Michigan because they're like oh we love this we're just gonna run the ball. <laughs> What a setup! So Mother Nature gave Michigan that win. Now are we playing Michigan in a dome somewhere. Oh man, come on! They 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 don't have enough quarterbacks. They tried to do a two quarterback system. They ain't got enough quarterbacks to beat us if we play them anywhere in this playoffs. That's why I'm like, we should have jumped Michigan.
0: Oh, look, man, we just didn't take care of our business. This is the Lucky Lucky Podcast. Thank you, LL Nation, for getting up early with us. We're going to be with you each and every day, 8 a.m. right here, Monday through Friday. Don't forget, tomorrow uh, we have scheduled. Subject to change. but We have scheduled former Notre Dame wide receiver Chris Fink. He's going to help us compare Notre Dame's wide receivers versus Oklahoma State's in that matchup in the Fiesta Bowl tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time at 6 a.m. Pacific. So, we're going to get to some of your comments and questions in a few minutes. So, yo, Heisman finalists.
2: I I'm think about, throw had a little his
0: shade. I'm about had to throw a little moment. shade. So, of course, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud went without Kenny Pickett.
1: He's had a good season. I mean, yeah. you know, for yeah. Pitt, I think he's Pitt's most valuable player for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson. Man, look!
1: Stop! Man, look! Yeah.
0: <laughs> man, get that dude out of New York, man. And it's not just the fact that he went to Michigan. Like, come on, man, what are we doing, man?
1: Yeah, we y'all y'all had to pull that one out of the, the blue sky. No. Really,
0: and it's really—it's not similar to Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson literally had game-changing interceptions, pick-sixes. He ran yeah. back punts and kickoffs.
1: This like, is a guy with a good season. That's all. Aiden Hutchinson is a guy with a great season. He didn't have a more impactful season than Chase Young. And Chase Young, damn near, we thought he could have won it if it wasn't Devontae Smith in there. So Chase Young and Aiden Hutchinson didn't even have like, come on, come on. I think numbers sometimes don't tell the whole story.
0: (laughs) Dude, I'm like, nah. Cause it was a
1: last minute. It had to be last minute. I ain't hear about this in man. And
0: Ohio State game put him over the top. It
1: had to be. It had to be. It had to be because I couldn't even. I didn't even know he was in the run. I thought Matt Corral was going to show up before he showed up.
0: And him and David Ajabo, neither one of them are really good against the run. Neither one. Neither, neither one. one. So it's like you got a Michigan team that is bludgeoning everybody. Get out. Get big leads, and the next thing you know. The defensive ends pin their ears back, and they're getting sacks against subpar offenses.
1: Subpar offense, like True. the whole name, offense is subpar. Name,
0: name one great like Ohio State still put up yards.
1: Yeah, they just they just didn't get in the, the end zone. They
0: didn't but get in they the end zone. down the field. Well, it wasn't sure. like Michigan's defense just shut Ohio State down. True.
1: It wasn't like they did that versus Michigan State. Do Walker was going crazy. And I didn't even know Aiden Hutchins' name in that game. I was like, where you know is it?
0: Because Jabo and Hutchinson don't play the run well. That's why. <laughs> That's why. They're not complete defensive ends. All they want to do is get after the quarterback. Yeah. Once the game got close, they got pushed around by Michigan City. They
1: did because at, because at the end of that game, I mean, Kenneth Walker was just ripping off big-ass runs, big-ass runs, big-ass <laughs> big and I couldn't find I'm like, I didn't even know the the, the kid's name wasn't even talked about in that Michigan-Michigan State game. It wasn't until fast forward five weeks later, one game got you a, a ticket to New York? Come on, the college football Committee got to do better. I mean. <laughs> Somebody not doing their job right.
0: Come on, man. buying into the
1: moment was a thing.
0: We're talking about the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy, my guy. The if Heisman Michigan trophy.
1: wasn't top four in the country, he wouldn't be there. They, they, mean, they was like, I like I like Jameson Williams better than I like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am biased because of the Michigan thing. I don't care. I don't think he deserves to be there this year.
0: I mean, the kid from Alabama deserves to be there. If that's the case. Yeah. With, his, with, with the season he had. or the Anderson kid.
1: Yeah, the Anderson kid.
0: He deserves to be there
1: because he was because he because you talking about he actually
0: NBA. faced better offenses.
1: I mean, he he faced against a Florida team which he dominated. He faced
0: basically Miss, Mississippi,
1: every, Miss. every game that he played in, every game that he played in, he was he was highly talked about.
0: He had a game against Texas A and M.
1: He had a I was say, he had a game against a team they lost against. And <laughs> my thing is, if if we not honoring true defensive ends like that. And we're getting guys like Aiden Hutch. I mean, that's just disrespect. I
0: mean, look, I would rather, this is no shade, man. I would rather have Sauce Gardner. Than yeah, Sauce so Gardner been, had a great season ain't game. Game. He ain't gave up a touchdown in like three seasons.
1: Yeah, three seasons.
0: <laughs> that's <So. DB. laughs> not even throwing at this dude.
1: They're not even throwing at him.
0: And you want Aiden Hutchinson there? Nah, I wouldn't do. And this is not Notre Dame hate. It really was kind of, it kind of is. But it's by default. It's by default. We're set on that. But no, Aiden Hutchinson shouldn't be in New York. He shouldn't be in New York. That's in my humble opinion. (laughs) Let's get to some of these comments and questions. Most people feel like, yo, we were up the creek. You know what? You can talk about this. We really were up a creek if uh we didn't have it would have been a true transitional year if we didn't have Jack cone at the beginning of the year.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think we if we believe in Tyler like how we believe, I think Tyler would have gotten better throughout the season. We can see more potential moving into next season. I think that uh Jack provided a nice uh a nice balance to what other people will find uncertainty with the team because they didn't know how we would be without Ian. Yeah. It did save Tyler some of the, the, the harder bumps in the road, having him not having to be in those crucial moments. But I do think it hinders him from being a bona fide starter going into next year, considering I can't really think of too many moments where I'm like, oh yeah, Tyler's ready outside of him just getting reps and plays on the field. So, uh, it's a good and bad, but I still think without Jack, we're more talented than 80% of the teams that we played this season.
0: That's what upsets me, man. And and forget all this Brian Kelly stuff. And we tell, we, we tried to tell Notre Dame fans all season, like really stick out your chest and talk that ish. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot yeah. of people, the narrative from national media, they want to point out how many times we got bombed on in the, in the semifinals of the college football playoff. At the end of the day, stick out your chest, man. There's only three programs better than us right now.
1: It's only three. There's only, only three. Three programs better We're chasing
0: three programs. So while <laughs> all of the cute. other people that want to point to Notre Dame and our talk about all the our now, dude, we're better than you.
1: We're we, yes, I'm saying we're better than all the teams that are talking the most stuff. We're just not better than the Alabama yet, right? Not better than the Georgia yet, and 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 our guy over at Irish Breakdown made a great case that we're even comparable with Georgia at this very moment in time. So we haven't beat them,
0: haven't well, beat them. What we got to beat them? We, we got to beat them. Ohio State. State. We have to beat Ohio
1: State. But we got the challenge next year. So it's not like we're running from anything. Right. You can't say out of anybody, you can't say we were running from the competition. We were just put in position because we deserved it. Did we always meet that challenge when we got there? No, but we definitely took on the challenge. We beat Clemson the year before when we lost in the playoffs to him, but at least we beat them. You know what I mean? They they talk as if we got blown
0: out both games. Facts. We're and a talking. Like, we won the conference. first one. <laughs> you got dude, you got sub subpar SEC fan bases, LSU talking of talking trash. It's like dude.
1: win been consistent since shit. Reggie Bush for real. When like, you can I mean, rely on them and say, Oh, this is a program that's gonna last. They've had more coaches than wins in the last five, six years.
0: they talking crazy. Wild crazy!
1: I so, know they're talking more crazy now. They got Lincoln Riley. They think they don't. They don't found the key. The key. They done not hit the jackpot.
0: I told you. I told you. I'm I'm petty. So put me on the petty train already for November twenty sixth. I'm not going out there getting tickets in the Notre Dame section. No, <laughs> I'm sitting in the USC student section as a grown man, and I'm about to be the pettiest. Yeah, I'm about yeah. to let it ride in the yeah, USC.
1: You want Lincoln to hear you in the, in, the, in the stand.
0: Man, true story. True story. Before, before we get to some more comments. So I, I graduated from University of Illinois, Champaign. And so when I went there, it was during like when Tom Brady was at Michigan with David Terrell and then Drew Henson was like this big upstart freshman quarterback and he was platooning, right? So we go to the game. And I'll never forget, Drew Henson came in for Tom Brady early in the game. And my family are alums of Michigan, so we ended up like in the alum section, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that for the whole game, me and my boy, we were sitting behind Drew Henson's parents. I let, do. I let Drew Henson have it. For <laughs> Bro, I, like, this, dude I like, this dude sucks. He probably sucks. Oh, you're
1: going in.
0: Man, I went in. I'm like, man, this dude oh, trash. Man. Right? And I kind of blended in because it probably felt like I was a Michigan fan that was just upset with the way he was playing. But I was literally an Illinois fan in the Michigan section because of my auntie and dude. I made his mother get up. Me and my guy, we went hard so hard, his mother got up and went up into like one of the suites.
1: Like, couldn't couldn't stand, couldn't stay what she was talking take about.
0: Take it. And so one of the guys behind us tapped us, like, yo, you know, that's his parents in front of but you. But she guys.
1: couldn't say nothing because it was true. He right. was out there thinking to join up.
0: Man, so I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you if Malachi, if Malachi is playing. I'm, let, I'm letting it ride. Yeah. I'm They'll letting it ride. ride. I They'll don't care it. if it's Jackson Dart, Malachi. I don't care. I'm letting it ride. I'm letting it ride. I don't want to sit next to Notre Dame fans. No, I want to no, sit no. next to USC people because I want to let it ride.
1: That's right. That's, That's right. Like That's what's going to have to
0: happen. <laughs> Shout out to Better 18 We were talking about Gary Gray um, uh, a little bit earlier in connection with um, Justin Rett. The Pennsylvania defensive back, 2023, Uh, Marcus Freeman checked in on him and the rest of the staff. He will be the highest-rated defensive back to come to Notre Dame, commit to Notre Dame since Gary Gray in 2007. And I said that he was from um, Pennsylvania. He wasn't from Pennsylvania. He was from South Carolina. And um, shout out to you for that. Uh, Check in. We got a check in from Indiana, Indianapolis. Uh, better agency also says, I think CJ Stan is huge. His film just looks amazing. CJ Williams, you've seen him up close. What makes CJ Williams so special?
1: Well, it, it it's hard because he's playing on the best team in the country. I was I mean, about to say, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, that's of a lot of, He looks way better than what he would probably look like on a team that's not as great. But that's with anybody. I do think he's got the size. He's got the speed. But like I said, man, coming from programs like that, it's hard not to say he's good. I would like to see him in an environment like Notre Dame to see where his challenges are right now. But, you know, in this in this high school setting for him, I mean, it's like playing with his baby food. You know what I mean? It's not a, a, a challenge to see something that sticks out other than him just being a physical presence at the receiver position. Yeah. He's going to high point the football. He's going to make plays. He has great hands. But does he have a lot of separation? I don't know. I mean, he's playing against lesser competition. <laughs> do, you,
0: do you think he's the type of kid that comes in, new environment, Tommy Reese isn't answering to Brian Kelly anymore, rumors that you know Tommy really wanted to go to Tyler Butler in the middle of the season. So that, that lends to believe. Leads you to believe that he doesn't have a problem playing freshman.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you hope time would...
0: in a new environment that wasn't the case under Brian no, Kelly. No, no. Do you no. see CJ coming in, stepping into the horseshoe, making receptions?
1: Yeah, I do think that Tommy, if anybody is 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 going to coach with the best players and try to put the best players out there for real. So if, yeah. if a freshman is out there really making some plays, Tommy's going to find a couple plays for him to get in there. And, and and do what he does best. I think that way, uh, offensively and even for recruits watching, it'll change the perception of Notre Dame's offense to where young guys can get on the field, not just getting on the field in garbage minutes. I think we could have used Styles the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of these games we could have had Styles run out there first play and Will Fuller or post or something, and you know, because we definitely were better than these teams, like Toledo Styles should have played the whole game. Yep. Everybody's covering this guy the whole game. So I think Tommy realizes that, and that's more just a new age, you know, kids mm-hmm. and understanding kids are ready to play as yeah. a freshman if you put them in a good spot. Tommy's the guy and young enough to put those situations together, so I do hope to see C.J. out there, but that's just coming towards the the change of the tide in our receiver recruitment. Hopefully we get some more C.J. Williams five-star type of receivers that come down the pipe.
0: Yo, speaking of possible receivers – you know, go ahead, go to the archives. We had a great cutting room floor. Cutting room floor with Malik Zaire. New offer 2022 athlete, defensive back, safety, wide receiver, everything. corn and Tringer from Walling Eye High School in Walling Eye, Michigan, right outside of Detroit, suburbs of Detroit. You did a fabulous breakdown on this film. And it's right there on our YouTube channel. So check that out. As soon as you're done with our show, go check out the cutting room floor, Coin and Tringer. Talk about that kid right quick because losing Xavier with this, this ties in. Thoughts on Xavier committing to Iowa? Think we're out of it? Or is there any chance he flips before signing day? No, he's not going to flip. He just seems like he was always that kid, man. And it's not a negative thing. Like, very close with his mother, always wanted to stay home. Notre Dame had a chance, and then something happened during the recruiting involving the head coach. Because after his visit to Notre Dame, things were trending up. And then things seemed to fall off a little bit. He didn't feel good about certain things. And then the next thing you know, I was – the leader once again. Really, Notre Dame kind of caught up, and then after certain things happened, I'm Iowa, not
1: worried about no recruit from Iowa.
0: <laughs> there you go. There's Malik, I mean, he could turn out to be an NFL Hall of Famer down the road. But yeah, that's, that's what's up. The truth of the matter is, when it comes to tight ends and defensive backs, Iowa does a good job.
1: Yeah, they do a great job. He he definitely ain't going nowhere where they're not going to develop him. I yeah. think yeah. from a personal standpoint, he can stay home and be developed at a position. They develop players. Look, I can't be mad at you, but, you know, when you come to Notre Dame, just the expectation is different. You don't have a lot of expectations at Iowa. Yeah. You know, y'all want to be consistent enough to get to the Big Ten. That's great. But, you know, y'all biggest hurdle is Ohio State every year. Our biggest hurdle – is getting to beat Bama, you know. That's the can we get to a Bama level to beat Bama? That's the level we're looking at.
0: No, that biggest hurdle was probably Wisconsin and not trying to back into the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, that's yeah. Their biggest hurdle. <laughs> the heck out of here. I told you about Iowa when they almost lost the Penn State with a quarterback.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know Iowa's good against Iowa type teams. You know, they're gonna give a run Iowa state.
0: state. Yeah, they're good against Iowa State.
1: <laughs> yeah, good against Penn State, Minnesota. There you you know. know, Penn
0: State would have blown them out.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Penn State, okay. James Franklin, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, front runner out there. And then man. you know, the mission school is how I feel about the shout Michigan out,
0: man. School. Speaking of James Franklin, he got that extra bag. Stayed at Penn State. He just has. He's like him. He loses, He'll
1: flirt with greatness.
0: If he loses, Drew Allen. If Drew Allard flips, and Tommy Reese is working on him, if Drew Allen <laughs> flips to Notre Dame, and he doesn't have a quarterback again. Again. The, he has two, literally he has two defensive ends, two linebackers getting ready to be drafted in the first and second round.
1: Straight up.
0: Like ranked second and third on uh, the big board for Mel Kuyper. That's crazy. We talked sure. about Keen, uh Canoe. You talked about him earlier. He's leaning Ohio State. Now, this is the problem. Change the defensive coordinator and the people that recruited him. Notre Dame's back in the picture. He's very impressed with Mike Elston and Marcus Freeman being the leaders of the team right now because those are the dudes that were coming after him. So, do they have a chance late in the game? Yes. Will he probably still stick to Ohio State even with Jim Knowles coming in? Because Jim Knowles more than likely won't have a chance to physically meet him because he's preparing for Notre Dame and he won't get a chance to talk to him until January the 2nd. I mean, meet him until January, after January the 1st. I'm sure more than likely he's probably giving the kid a phone call.
1: Yeah. The saving grace for them is that it's Ohio state. This isn't like, you know, yeah. Another program to where you're so heavily dependent on your position coach or, what they got cooking at that point in time in the program. With a, a, a school like Ohio State, it's hard to pass up just the school itself. You yeah. know, it's one, thing, it's one thing to love a coach and go there because you really got a good connection with the coach, but with Ohio State's a little different because the program, you know you, you're gonna be in a good spot regardless yeah. of who's there. And so I think that if that's what's big for him, if that's what's big for him, then he's going to stay at Ohio State. He like, I don't really care about offensive deep I just want to go to the block and know I'm going to be in a good spot to win. If he's thinking like development and, you know, having a connection with that coach, because that's what's really important when you get there. We'll see what happens. You know, I think any time a new coach comes in with not his recruits, it's just hard for the guys that are already there. Yeah, and if you're thinking about a choice between us and Ohio State, at least our defensive coordinator is the head coach. So that's a relationship that you probably would want to want to have,
0: you know. Yeah, so, he's been the main guy, one of the main guys along with Mike Elson that's been recruiting. So the relationship is there.
1: Yeah, so you don't have to worry about things switching up in that aspect. But when you're messing with top five programs of all time like in Ohio State, and you're getting a coaching change, that coach has got a lot of pressure on him. So he's gonna want everything to be ran the way he had it so if you're getting guys that he didn't really bring in it's just hard to imagine him uh working those guys in as well into the fold unless you're like a chase young
0: (laughs) something like that easy taught me jim Knowles will leave on january 2nd we talked about that i want to pull this up tell you right now easy taught me happy birthday yo happy birthday on january 2nd nb will indeed play his defense twice Jonathan Hilkema, I'm wondering what your take is on Clemson coaching situation. Is Dabo about to leave for the NFL? If he's not, is it an issue for them that much of his staff is leaving? We just really just kind of jumped into that. You, Malik, you think it's an issue?
1: I think it's an issue because, you know, any staff that stays together that long and just revamps over one year, I think it's just hard to to get that that chemistry back right away. And the fact that they were losing chemistry that last year anyway, in in the season that they had, uh, I don't think it just flips around in a year. They've been together for, what, 10 plus years themselves as a staff. Yeah. So they'll go through some hardships from coaching because it takes a while to get the right fit to meld in what they've been doing so long. I mean, they haven't had to have a challenge like this before. So for Dabo, this is something he hasn't faced. And this is almost a change of a dynasty. Anytime you lose that core group of coaching, the program's no longer the same. You know, I know the head coach is the same, but the program isn't the same. You can't uh, authenticate those interactions with a staff that's been together that long. So uh, they're going to go through some changes, which is good for us because we're solidifying our changes. But it's it's less of a a blow because you got a first-year guy with Marcus Freeman, who's a hot young head coach. Who, right. Who doesn't know what he doesn't know compared to a dabble who's been to the top of the mountain a couple times and with the same guys. Now he's doing it with different guys. I think that just changes the dynamic a little bit. I don't know if it hurts it or it just makes it different. So for us, I think that game was is a staple game for us to solidify where we are as a coaching staff and as yeah. a team. And can we beat a, a good program that's in their transition? You know, they may not be in transition from a player standpoint, but they're in transition from a coaching staff standpoint that makes makes winning games a little different.
0: Man, I got Matt Altberger. So He's laughing. That's all. But the Kane Matt, yes, dude. That that was that was the pickup. That was the deal. Brian Kelly broker, Right? You give us Kane Madden. <laughs> What kind of trade-off is that? We'll cut you a check, bring (laughs) you in the South Bend, (laughs) and we're good.
1: We could have bargained with a – I mean, come on. I mean, you got a Jamison Williams leaving Ohio State to go to Alabama. Them the type of transfers we need. We need some
0: some – We need you. What's up? Are you doing your job? Have you made contact with Eli Riggs yet?
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's chilling in California right now. Okay, just, so we
0: need you. We need you to do your job. Then that's the that's type of crew. I got him on the phone now. I got him on the phone. We now. need. We need him to go ahead hit Marcus Freeman up. You know, we, we we're quiet. You know, yeah. we don't talk about the we don't talk about the the, the duffel bag on. We this don't show. talk about
1: the duffel bag, but the duffel bag can not be talked about. <laughs> the duffel bags on is in the discussions if that's what it really comes down to. Because look. All we need is one good year, man. You know, we put him understand. opposite.
0: Put him opposite Cam Hart. Put Clarence Lewis on the inside.
1: All we need is one good year.
0: That's it. I That's can awesome.
1: pay for a year. Look, there's a there's what's what's cheaper: a four year scholarship or a one year cash out. Come on, Notre Dame. Come on, Notre Dame. <laughs> we couldn't. ain't got. To, look, you talking about saving money? We the most saving this money in school. Go ahead, throw that little check out. You saving two hundred and fifty thousand for four years, you know, even five. He yeah, has another fifty if he's five years.
0: Oh man, it's too it's early to be like this, man. <laughs> this <laughs> schedule sets up nicely for a team to have the resume to make the playoffs, and just not sure this team can get through with only one loss. New quarterback, O line. First of all, the O line is not new. And no. shout out, shout out to Joe Alt on being named uh, freshman All American all-american freshman yesterday uh he solidified the left side and with him and christophic and blake fisher and jared patterson who's ranked second if jared patterson decides to return his o-line is not new they literally they literally use this season to jail so all you're losing is kane madden which is addition by subtraction and josh love who really has played below expectations this year.
1: Yeah, below so you just
0: plug in Blake Fisher at right tackle. Joe Alt has been a stud at left tackle. You get Christophe. You get Jay. that's that's you want to recruit somebody. Recruit Jared Patterson to stay at center, and then go ahead and field.
1: That's right. That's One of the right. youngsters,
0: and the fact yeah. that we're getting Harry Heaston back. You in get some a guy like
1: Harry you The whole line.
0: The O-line is the last thing I'm worried about going into Ohio State. That's the
1: strength. Yeah, that's the strength going into next year. I was worried, I'm worried about that. I'll be game. honest. I'm
0: worried more about Tyler Buckner than I am yep. the offensive line.
1: Yep. Fact. The offensive line is going to protect whoever back there. I'm Damn. worried about who's back there and who he throwing it to. Because a really running back is straight. You know, we could be like the Patriots and run the ball 40 times. And let Tyler throw a three. I'm cool with that. We got the team to do that. I
0: don't know about that, bro. I don't know about that. <laughs> that. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is going to be a challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a
0: challenge. Now, I think we'll probably be able to pressure him a lot. But like you said, that that wide receiver, uh, that wide receiver room at Ohio State is a factor. Like, oh,
1: factor, huge factor.
0: Hopefully, it's raining.
1: You know, you know, we get that South Bend, good South Bend, windy weather
0: i don't know dude it's probably gonna be like 85 in the horseshoe (laughs) september 3rd a nice autumn a nice autumn day
1: day. yeah
0: yeah that's all right because that works for us too
1: it works i mean we have uh, offensive
0: weapons so yeah
1: yeah
0: let's see this schedule sets up nicely for a team to have the resume to make the playoffs just not sure this team can get through with only one loss Oh, I just the one of Jimmy James. I'm sorry. That's the one I just uh put up. Yeah, jim I don't I, do we put the over under win total at like what nine?
1: Mm, if we win Ohio State, I'm saying 10.
0: At nine right now, that's where we'll set it. I'm taking it over. I'm taking it over Ooh, now.
1: We take it over? The over
0: in okay. I'm, okay. Taking the, I'm taking the over in October, November. I'm taking it the over. They had okay. us at eight. They had us at eight, nine wins this year. And I'm like, nah.
1: I'm telling you, we win at 10 if we beat Ohio State that first one. We win at 10.
0: We're a top five program.
1: Yeah, of all time.
0: No sure. such thing as eight and four. Not what? Nah. We're not yeah. Well, Clemson mm-hmm. did have a step back season, but we're not Clemson.
1: we not. Oh, we definitely not Clemson.
0: We're not Clemson. Anthony Shea, I'll let you answer this one, dude. If you had to guess which quarterback would be the first quarterback recruit, which who would be the first quarterback recruit for, I guess for Marcus Freeman? That's it
1: be Dante. It should, it should he shouldn't. He don't have to go for He don't even have to catch a plane ride. No. He just right stop. Don't make it hard, Marcus Freeman. You know, just ride right up there like time. the
0: president, get the all black. Black yeah, you're escort,
1: get a police escort just, police just to show off the city, you done yep. made your arrival,
0: you know, make it look good, Marcus. come on. What's the latest on Nico though? Nico. Uh,
1: he had just taken a visit to uh what's that school he had just took a visit to?
0: Nico quarterback, Nico I'm Ion- Believer. That's who we're talking Ion- about. Yeah, he just came back from a visit somewhere, but
1: you know, this is Lincoln Riley area now, so I don't know how. I much know that's I what I was
0: about to say. Even though Lincoln is, has uh, a down
1: the street from Nico, I you know it's hard to pass up when a guy's saying I've had the Heisman's the last four to five years, guys. Yeah. You know, participating in that. So see what happens.
0: Yeah. So here, I believe BYU and BC will help to strengthen the schedule. Yeah, I can see that. Shout out to uh, Anthony Solomon. Uh, let's see. Eugene Williams. So do we cast quick judgment out the gate from the first game? No. We won't. I, I mean, won't. Ohio State is going to be a good team.
1: Ohio State will be, you know, where they at every year.
0: It might end up. I can't say
1: judgment because it's his first game of the season.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't ups- can- can predict uh, what would happen after that in terms of how we'll – Transpire after that only because you know our season's been coming down to these Ohio State one games, these one off games, anyway.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. We got another check in from Indianapolis. I ain't afraid of no goats. We appreciate you. Uh, Eugene Williams, Pine personally thought personally thought he should have gotten more playing time. Here we go to people's champ, boy.
1: No, when, though, People no, people's Champ for When Oh, gotten more playing time? When, when, when we are still 11 and one. <laughs> I want to know when he should have got time because we're eleven and one without him. People,
0: yeah. Sean Hunter, love you guys. We are NB, NB, no doubt. I got Demetrius Rex. OK State score prediction: thirty-eight to ten. Notre Dame. Hey, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, no. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that.
1: We would have to. We would have to start hot, but and then we start hot. You
0: know. What's believable about that is Oklahoma State having a 10. Now, whether or not Notre Dame can put up 38, that's debatable.
1: I think we pick off Spencer Sanders the first half two or three times, getting getting pressured. We can beat them 38 to 10 if we get on them early. If we let them just start throwing these bubbles and these quick screens and these quick outs, nickel and dime us to death, it'll be tough.
0: Man, look. Defense is going to give up the goals, bro. Start running back, more than likely, he's not playing. No running game against this defense. Dude, boy. So, Avery Davis, we got someone that I haven't confirmed, haven't been on. CMAX says Avery Davis and Joe Wilkins Jr. both leaving ND, according to 247 Sports. Look. I can be honest with you. Joe Wilkins was lost his job due to injury, but it wasn't long before Lorenzo Styles and Deion Cozy. Yeah, them boys. The right, the right was on the wall. So, the boys is ready. Whether he got injured or not, and then Avery Davis, he he sees Lorenzo. He, he
1: yeah, it's just we yeah, we see. He, it. he
0: knows, he knows. But so, you know, Avery, that injury,
1: is he not helping. He
0: yeah, Avery can actually go somewhere else and be very productive. He has good tape. He can go to another really good team. And, go and that's to it, too. Is both
1: of those boys are graduating. So it ain't nothing that we really. Yeah. You know, did what you wanted to do here. So get a chance to go play in another place. Is, is a fun feeling, too.
0: Yeah, Holy Sal said, don't forget they have Henderson, too. Nobody would, man. I promise you. Not <laughs>
1: I <sorry>. ain't forgetting <laughs> Henderson. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> forget about that dude, man. That's why I said, like, yo, Ohio State's going to be a really good team. And yeah, they will
1: be good for sure.
0: You can take a like a little breather because they won't have the same three wide receivers, so the continuity early might not be there, right? Because you had the three receivers that had to get used to CJ Stroud, and you saw it wasn't there early in the season, so now CJ Stroud has to get used to new receivers, and out the gate, you know, that might be an advantage at some point. Also, the uh, AD for Clemson, athletic director, also did leave to go join Miami. He's actually, if I'm not mistaken, he has a connection to Miami, whether he graduated from there or worked there previously. So, that's it, man. I think that's all the comments. Uh got yeah, one more thoughts on moving Joe all to the right side and let Blake get the left spot. I think from what we've heard that they're comfortable, really comfortable with Joe on the left side. But I mean, that dude. Once hey, Harry, Harry. Like, look, once Harry gets a hold of him, hey, we we'll let him. Harry
1: decide. That's what I think. Mon- i let Harry decide. You're
0: gonna have some monsters at tackle, <laughs> You're gonna have some monsters. And tackle.
1: Mike Fisher where he stand. Oh, man, another Ronnie Stanley down the pipeline.
0: You think so? Yeah. Here's another one. One last one before you go. I'll let you get this one. Michael Bray, shout out to you. Will our team speed be the same or better next year?
1: Watch the cutting room floor and see our recruit Keon in Tringer. You'll see the team speed right there. You'll see it increase. You got a hybrid type of player. A guy that can play safety linebacker and receiver. Something that uh we're going to be getting used to and the type of athletes we're recruiting, guys that can play all over the field and are versatile, so the team speed will be better. Uh, yep. I love Drew White to death, but Drew White wouldn't get recruited at this point in the Marcus Era Freeman era. <laughs> you're,
0: so, you're so petty, dude. <laughs> you're so petty. We're going to end each and every show with the petty train. Every day, we put somebody on the petty train, and today, I got to put Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud, on the petty train. (laughs) You know, he's in New York. You know, this is where the, you know, awards uh, shows, the circuit. So they've been making the circuit, and now they're headed to New York. He was interviewed yesterday and was asked about his thoughts on the Michigan defense and Aiden Hutchinson, and his response was super petty. He said they really weren't as good as they were on – that day because of the snow if it wasn't windy and if it wasn't snowing we would have put up at least 40 points on
1: it yeah what but
0: I-, I said yo i almost threw my hat like cj stroud is going straight in like bro <laughs> hey this is new he
2: must have been watching
0: some no one told him the sid at ohio state i obviously didn't tell him like this is where your pc <laughs> like you're trying to set up your Heisman run for next year. B PC, be humble. And he's like, because
1: wow, you know why? Because when they when they lost, Michigan fans ran on the field and probably made him remember that. Shit. And he probably was like, you know what? We would have smacked y'all for real if it wasn't for this run. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Y'all didn't see what we did to Michigan State the week before. Y'all thought that wasn't happening to y'all. Y'all lucky Mother Nature was on y'all side that day.
0: Dude, that's basically what he's saying. Like, <laughs> man, y'all really not that good. Let's stop. Let's stop. Aiden Hutchinson should be in this room. That's, that's,
2: yeah, that's, yeah, Aiden yeah.
0: He Defense is really not that good. If Michigan State <laughs> put up 38 in clean weather, we definitely would have put up 40-plus on these dudes in clean weather.
1: No, facts.
0: C.J. Stroud is, is, is a little ticked off. Like, man, don't be asking me about that game, Yeah, that I love Schale it because he's
1: a player. real Ohio State fan. He ain't never going to give Michigan no credit. He don't care if he at the Heisman. He don't care where he at. He ain't giving no credit to the team up north.
0: Yo, man, throw C.J. Stroud on the petty train, man. <laughs> so, each and every day, we'll be here Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Central Time. That's 9 a.m. Eastern and 6 a.m. on the left coast which Malik is always saying is the best coach. That's right. And, uh, yes, I see your question. Harry Heston is being brought in more than likely as an analyst, as an analyst but connected to the offensive line. I don't care how he's connected.
1: I don't care. I don't, I don't care. care if I don't care if he's just there just watching practice.
0: Yeah, and then the news came yesterday that Brian Kelly kept the offensive line coach at LSU on staff. So I don't know what Jeff <laughs> – Not
1: even was. the wrong homeboy. <laughs>
0: I don't know what Jeff Quinn is about to do.
1: But. He like, man, I thought I was coming too.
0: No, <laughs> nah. no he didn't get that Kerry Cooks deal. <laughs> nah, he
1: that Cooks deal. He, he got the... <laughs> he got the is you know how deal. Yeah, Kerry Cooks is like, yeah, you know I'm not keeping you on. Yeah,
0: true. like, hey, dog, I don't even know what happened. Let's get out of <laughs> here, man.
1: All right. He's
0: so, <laughs> he's so crazy, dude.
1: It's been another good one. We're a different. It's
0: been a great show, man. Lucky Lucky Nation. Thank you for chiming in, man. Each and every day, Monday through Friday, we'll be right here. Hit that notification bell so you'll know when we get ready to go live. My man, Malik Zaire, Overtime Malik. We're presented featuring Anora Whiskey. Anorawiskey.com, the premium American whiskey. So we'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, right here. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Go ahead, follow us at Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Until tomorrow, he's out.